Hello to all of you who are gathered here and also for our friends who are joining us online. Uh, as always, it's great to be able to meet up like this, either virtually or even uh, in person like this. And we're always grateful to God for the opportunity. And thank you, Betty, for leading us into uh, the songs of reflection, for, to Benjamin for praying for us, and Maddie, uh, Valine for reading us, for us from Psalm 112. Um, I think our hearts have been um, uh, inspired as we sing together, as we read the word together. Um, we've been looking at the book of James for our reflection, and uh, I invite you to turn your Bibles or your screens there, or otherwise you can follow along as I read. So James chapter 2, verse 14 to 25 is the portion that we're looking at today, and I would like to read it out for us first before jumping into the reflections. So James chapter 2, verse 14 to 25, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Faith without works is dead. Verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But, it, but someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. This is the text that we're looking at, and I'm just calling this uh, reflection, Faith That Works. Um, we want to look at what James says is, according to James, is the faith that works. I'm sorry, um, I, I should tell, uh, the, the children's activities is going to be uh, led by Jonathan, so all the kids can follow along. I'm sorry, I totally forgot that. <laughs> all the kids, um, you're gonna have a fantastic time, so uh, you can follow Jonathan. And Ellie as well will be helping out, so sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, sorry about that. <laughs> So anyway, coming back to our reflection, um, <laughs> uh, James, and we're looking at faith that works. And um, the, the question that James puts here is, uh, of course, connected to the, the overarching theme of uh, James, which is James is always asking, um, how does your faith show? How does your faith manifest? 
And as I mentioned last week in the online gathering, James is quite interested in the question of how faith is manifested. And he's, he, he, uh, he suggests that faith has to be shown, has to be manifested in our works as well. And of course, this text is the, the core of that argument. So the way he starts uh, the, the chapter, the section, verse 14, is, is quite a pragmatic question that he puts here. He says, what good is it if you say you have faith, but it doesn't work? What good is it? It's a very pragmatic kind of question, isn't it? What, what's the point of faith if it doesn't work? Um, every, any, anytime you buy something, you make sure that it works. And if, you, if, if it doesn't work, you return it because you want something that works, something that functions. And I think James is also asking a very pragmatic question. What um, uh, does your faith work? And of course, this reminds me of many things, many, uh, some people, some uh, non-Christians, uh, critics of Christianity in India, um, Gandhi, for example, who, was, uh, who, who asked the same question, does this faith work? And you, you may be aware of that, but there's another uh, Hindu um, 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 mystic uh, religious leader by the name of Swami Vivekananda. He, he came to America and he made a huge uh, speech uh, about religions. And at one point in, in a church in Detroit, he's, he's recorded to have said, uh, made a distinction between what he calls ignorant, hypocritical, and self-deceiving Christians. And on the other hand, missionaries of Christ. And he's supposed to have said, in India, we want missionaries of Christ. Let such people come to India by the hundreds and thousands. Bring Christ's life to us and let it permeate the very core of society. Let him be preached in every village and corner of India. It's just mind-blowing that Vivekananda could say something like this. He's asking Christians to come and live out their faith in their, in, in their, full of, in their faithfulness. And he also said um, missionaries like Francis Xavier and other missionaries he, he, he praised and he said these are people who lift up their faith in, uh, in, in its faithfulness. And so the question of does faith work has, all, has been pondered by many, and I'm sure us as well. Um, and again, at the same time, we are slightly conflicted as Protestants because um, the, um, especially Martin Luther, if you're aware, the, the Protestant Reformation, emphasize the sola by grace alone, by faith alone, by scripture alone. And here James seems to be saying, no, no, you have to have works as well. So there's a bit of a slight uh, feeling of conflict uh, that comes there. But I think we need to realize that when you look at the whole grasp of the book of James, there's no conflict. What James is saying is that yes, works does not give us salvation, but works are the results of salvation. It's a sign that we are saved. Uh, it's a sign that we have a new identity in Christ. And because we have a new identity in Christ, that flows out in our life and the work of the Holy Spirit living in us. Yes, it is by grace, true faith in Christ alone, but it has to show in our lives, in our works. And so that really that's what James is getting at here. And of course, this is confirmed also by Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 to 23, where he says, a good tree bears a good fruit. And um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of the Father in heaven. So again, here, Jesus is confirming this idea that, yes, faith, uh, salvation is by faith and by grace alone, 
but to be saved, to be in Christ, produces good works. And so that, there's really no conflict here. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. So with that long introduction, let's get into the text. And as I mentioned last week, there's a diatribe, there's a, a fictional kind of um, a story that uh, James is telling here. And James, this, this text is one of those texts where uh, it makes things easy for the preachers because there are four things really that James lays out for us here. James tells us two examples of faith that does not work and two examples of faith that works. So two examples of faith that does not work and two examples of faith that works. Uh, the first example uh, of faith that does not work in verse 14. What good is it if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, needing basic needs, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without doing anything? James is pointing out something very uh, simple and pragmatic here. He's saying, um, if you just say, uh, wish them, if you even, I would even say, pray for them and bless them without helping them to the extent that you are able to, then James is really saying, what good is that? It doesn't achieve anything. Just, let's just consider this a little bit. Um, we, we need to acknowledge what, the, what this uh, fictional character gets right. And I think what he gets right is that he is concerned for the needy. He, he has knowledge of the needy. And I say that because in our generation, especially, I guess, I'm not really a younger generation, but um, my generation and below, let's say, put it like that, uh, we live in a, in a world in which we have close interface with extreme poverty and extreme riches. You go to a place like Mumbai or Dubai, where the people of all backgrounds live in close quarters, and yet life just go by, right? It never intersects, it never, um, it never blends together. There's a mixing of extreme poverty in one corner and then just next to it, extreme wealth. And we live in a world where we are uh, just, uh, just numb to these realities. And so I think what this person, this fictional person gets right is that at least he's concerned for the poor and the needy. At least he looks out and sees that there are people around them who are in need. And yet James says that even that is um, no use because it doesn't achieve anything. Right? Could we say that um, James, James would say it, would, it is useless to just pray for those who need, to just be well-wishers of those who are needy. My heart goes out to you, to those who are in pain, in suffering. Um, it's, would James say that those sentiments are useless if they're not backed by action? Because it's simply too easy, right, to say that, too convenient to stay in our places and um, send out our hearts and our wishes, right, as much, uh, although that itself is, is uh, nothing wrong with that. So it's useless in the sense that when somebody needs food and clothing, and by the way, these are very basic things, food and clothing, and we, people who are able to help, we who are able to help, do not help them. It's useless in the sense that it doesn't help the other person. It's also useless in the sense that it doesn't help us to exercise our faith when we don't act. And also it's useless for the body of Christ, for the church, and for the society, because it doesn't help those people. So in a sense, very pragmatically speaking, it is quite literally useless, because it doesn't help anybody in, in the dynamic. 
So James is saying, show me your faith, like a good PhD um, um, advisor, show me the evidence of your faith and I will show you. It's like that, show me the evidence of your faith and I will show you uh, the evidence of my faith. So he's asking for evidence and, um, and proof. The second example of faith that does not work, he continues in verse 8, 19. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. A really interesting um, scenario that he's giving here. I think there's a tendency within uh, Christianity and growing up in India, uh, certainly that is true in my, in my context. There's a tendency to think that faith is about some concept that we quote unquote believe, some concept that we prescribe to, right? So how do I know I'm, I'm safe? Because number one, number two, number three, we've got this uh, almost academic cerebral kind of understanding of what salvation is because we know some doctrines, we know some truths. And again, as much as that is great in itself, and even James says, great, you believe that God is one, great. Uh, I think he's been sarcastic, but also I think he's been honest. Like, it is good that you know these things, but those things are not what saves us. That truth, if it just remains things that we know in our head, it doesn't reflect in our lives, then again, James says that this, that's also quite useless equal to the faith of the demons. Because he's pointing out something very interesting. He's saying that if we think that knowing something, if we think that knowing the right doctrine will save us, then by all means, demons should be saved because they know who Jesus is. Even before the disciples realized who Jesus is, demons were already very clear about who Jesus was. Uh, they understood very clearly. They understood that Jesus is a judge. He's the the the... He's the Holy One of Israel, and all of that wonderful things about Jesus, right? And yet, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they are necessarily saved because they believe those doctrines. And James seems to be pushing this in further. He says, the demons believe and shudder. So there's an emotional response that comes with that knowledge. And I think that's quite a lot to ask uh, when I think about myself. Many times, I reflect on who God is, and it invokes no emotional response in me. It's like, it's like things that I know, ah, yeah, Jesus, God is that, God, God is this, God and that. And, and yet, demons know and they shudder. They even have emotional response to what they are believing. And yet, that's not it. That's not it. Although that is commendable that you, we know the right things, we believe the right doctrines, uh, it, that is not what makes faith work. And so, what is it that makes faith work? makes faith work. And here James gives two examples. He's, he gives the example of Abraham and Rahab. Firstly, Abraham, as an example of faith that works. Abraham's story, um, I don't really have time to go into great detail, but he was, um, he, he was called by God to go out from his uh, homeland, and he was called to go uh, to, to, go to this promised land. And in the process, God said, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing and uh, your offspring will be as numerous as the stars and all of that. The problem was Abraham did not have a son. He did not have a child. But eventually, God, he trusted in God and God did give him a son, Isaac. And the journey goes on and at one point, God tells him, take your son, the one you love, the one that you love the most and are you willing to sacrifice him uh, for the sake of obeying me? 
And so here's a test of real faith. Abraham have lived his whole life experiencing God's goodness, God's faithfulness, and here he is confronted with this dilemma. If we really trust in the goodness of God, are you willing to do what God tells you, even to the point of sacrificing something costly to you, to him? And so the question of Abraham trusting in God, having faith in God, is put to the test when he was asked to sacrifice the one that he loves the most, the thing that he loves the most. And so I think when we think about Abraham's faith, that moment when he's, invited, when he's challenged to sacrifice what he loves the most, that's not a moment that came out of random. I think that moment and his decision to say yes to God is a measured response. It's not a leap of faith. It's not a blind leap of faith of some fanatical kind of... Uh, um, uh, allegiance. I think it's a leap of faith. It's a measured response of a reasonable faith that has been crystallized through years of experiencing God's goodness, right? Years of experiencing God's love and God's faithfulness. And it comes down to that moment. So the, the sacrifice of Abraham has to be seen in the context of the long chain of experience and the knowledge of who God is. And the test is sacrifice and give up what, who you love the most. And what a sacrifice that was demanded of Abraham, right? He said, he's, he's asked, he's challenged to take your son, your only son, the son that you love, and give him up. Are you, do you have that faith in you to be able to do that? We all know sacrifice is always painful. It's not comfortable. It, you cannot do it from the confines of your comfort zone. It invites, it challenges you to step out to in the worst uh, scenario, right? And so as long as we are doing things uh, as a sign of our faith within the confines of a comfort zone, to the extent that it doesn't bother us and it doesn't hurt us, then that's, that's not how faith is manifested, right? Faith in, faith in God is manifested by our willingness to sacrifice Sacrifice something, sacrifice something that hurts and something that we value. So faith is a reasonable response to God. Uh, again, I would emphasize, it's not a blind leap of faith, just arbitrarily jumping out into the dark. It's a reasonable response to God and a manifestation of our friendship with God. Having been with him and experienced him and known him for many years and decades even, the manifestation of our friendship with God which allows us to take the difficult step of sacrifice. So faith is being willing to sacrifice because it is more reasonable to trust God and to obey God. So faith that works, according to James, is um, embodied in the character of Abraham, who, who embodied for us sacrifice and obedience. The second example that James tells us is the example of Rahab, uh, Rahab the prostitute in the city of Jericho. When the people of Israel, God's people, were coming from um, Egypt and God is taking them to the promised land and they come to this huge, huge city, ancient city of Jericho. When they were coming, the people in Jericho heard, heard the stories that this certain group of people were coming to invade them and they were, they were all scared, they were shuddering. They were all um, fearful of, of what Israel is going to do to them. And as the story goes, Rahab actually decided 
to side with the, uh, the people of Israel, the, the spies who were sent to uh, Jericho. If, you, if you're not very familiar with this story, I ask you to go back and read this remarkable story. And Rahab, he chose, she chose to side with the people of God, the people of Israel, and help them instead of being with her people, you know, the people of Jericho. I think this talks about courage. This talks about the willingness to stand against, um, to go against the flow, so to say. She knew, the people of Jericho knew that when God, Israel comes to them, they were doomed. There they stood no chance against them. And yet only Rahab took action. Only she took the step of faith and she did something about it. And she protected the, the spies and uh, by doing that she herself was saved. She acted on what she believed. She acted on her faith and her faith was translated into action. The difference between the demons who believe in God and shudder and Rahab who also believe in what God was doing and shudder is that Rahab acted. She acted on her faith. Her faith was translated into actions and that took courage because she had to stand against her own people and um, who knows what they would have done to her if they found out that she had done something like that. So the question is, do we have faith in the greatness and the sovereignty and the power of God, so much so that we are willing to take side against the world if needed and to stand for God? Faith in God, James says, is ultimately trusting that God is powerful and worthy and the, the willingness to risk and to sacrifice in order to, side, to be on the side of God. So I think this text challenges us at the point of what we do. And I think that's why this text is so challenging, so difficult, because it's not just asking what do you believe or what do you think or what do you feel. It's asking us what do we do? How do your faith translate out in your, in your actions, right? Uh, it's, not, it's not just asking about how do you feel about the world that's going on? How do you feel about your faith? But what are you doing as, uh, as an out, outflow of your faith? It requires us to get out in the world, so to say, to get out of our own worlds, to get out into the world, to get our hands dirty, uh, to get involved, uh, to sacrifice our comfort, our time, our energy, and what is most precious for us. A life of faith that Jesus Christ invites us is to go beyond words, sentiments, feelings, emotions, and knowledge, although none of that, there's nothing wrong in that, but to go beyond that and to be willing to sacrifice what we value and what we love and to live in courage and in active trust. Let me pray and then we'll respond with uh, more singing. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your love that was real and what, that was manifested in, in the fact that you were willing to sacrifice what is most precious for you through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the example of courage and obedience in the life and the works of Jesus Christ. We want to have faith like Jesus. We want to have faith like Abraham and like Rahab. We want to have faith that works, faith that shows, faith that blesses others and honors others. Help our unbelief in our moments of unbelief and our lack of faith 
and lead us in a life of sacrifice and courage and obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.